your views, your news, your Limerick Today. Limerick Today. Limerick Today with Joe Nash. So the future of the Catholic Church. Uh, Our Bishop of Limerick is with me. He's saying it won't be without its challenges, but it is also an opportunity to build something new. Bishop Brendan Leahy has returned from Pope Francis. First session of Synod 2021-24 to in Rome. And uh, the publication of the Limerick Diocese overview shows that while there are positives, challenges in the diocese are ahead and uh, the bishop is with me. Good morning to you. How Good are you morning, Joe. So I know we had a, a synod um, in Limerick at one point and I remember doing quite a bit on the show about it at this point. So what happens in Rome then? Well, yeah, the synod in Limerick was a fantastic event 2016 with over 400 people and I was delighted actually because the picture of that synod which is circles of people sitting together was somewhat replicated in Rome and that was a big novelty the new thing about this year in Rome where normally you have everybody in a very hierarchical fashion sitting in their place very few lay people involved Whereas this time round, uh, there was a lot of lay people, but specifically the new thing was those lay people and specifically, again, the women had the right to vote at the Synod in Rome, this gathering which was looking at how do we make decisions in the Catholic Church and how do we get on with one another? So 440 delegates from all over the world. It was a fantastic event. Okay. So in a Limerick context then, um, we'll talk about the opportunities that flow from this, but this review has some very stark challenges in it. Sure. I mean, I wanted this review to kind of give us a snapshot of where we're at because I think everybody knows or familiar with the church and we kind of take it for granted. Perhaps we're used to the fact that the priests are there. We have all our masses, people coming to visit the sick and our families. We know when there's moments of bereavement, the church is there, priest, priests are there, bereavement teams are there. There's a lot goes on. So there's a lot of great good going on. And I'm aware of that, but maybe we've never named it for, on the one hand. And then, of course, we want this to continue. But If it's to continue, we've got to rearrange ourselves. We've got to see what's the best way to go forward. And that's why I want to do an an overview. Yes, a little stark in the sense that it gives us statistics of where we're at and where we're going to be in a few years' time. So we need to help each other. We need to plan for the future because there's a lot of good going on, but we need it to continue. Well, well, let's just take some examples, uh, Bishop. Um, The average age of the 88 priests in the Catholic Diocese of Limerick today He's 72 years old, with just over half of them under 75. And the overview says that in just 15 years' time, there will be just 13 priests under 75 compared to 47 today. Absolutely. It's very sobering. I mean, thank God we have 2,500 lay volunteers throughout the whole diocese working away, which is very impressive in itself and many, many different groups. And I want to acknowledge that indeed. But it is true to say we are facing that kind of a change with those kind of numbers you've mentioned there. But, you know, a challenge brings a need for the change and the change is something we've got to step up up to now. And that's why I'm hoping with this overview to begin conversations about this, because there are a lot of people still very committed to the church wanted to go ahead last night I had a meeting here in the city and there was a lovely young woman there and she was very passionate about what we might be able to do so that's something we I think are going to have to start talking about more together right. and the overview talks about the finances as well um, for example 
the wide breadth of essential services provided by the diocese in Limerick, incurring losses over income in excess of one million each year and the shortfall currently funded through investments but you're saying that's not sustainable long term. Sure, over time that kind of wouldn't be sustainable. The the fact is that we do at the central level have to provide a huge amount of services nowadays because of course there's all the the accountability, there's GTPR, there's our schools which we have to help and provide the service to the school, the safeguarding services, young youth ministry services. We have a lot of services being offered, never mind the whole aspect of finance and property. So they cost naturally and it is a challenge to us to see how, how can we sustain these kind of finances uh, costs going forward yeah that's one of the reasons I put that out there so people know the facts and figures right. and there's almost a 40% drop in offertory collections the primary source of income in parishes since 2010 what's causing that? Well, I think that's just been a decline, number one, in the, in the numbers of people coming to church. That's suppose the primary reason because that's where people directly give uh, their offertory collection. Of course, COVID didn't help as well. We saw a decline in numbers, even though there's been a certain recovery, I have to say, in more recent times after COVID. But that definitely did knock people's normal traditions, as it were. So, you see, I think part of it is we've got to be creative in the ways Nowadays, none of us bring cash to shops. We use our credit cards and things. And I think we're going to have to be a bit like that in the church, a bit more the credit cards. For instance, the charity donation system is a fantastic system which helps people with their taxes, but also gives a benefit to the charity, such as the church. Online tapping, all those kind of standing orders. We need to do more of that. Right. And we're talking to the Catholic Bishop of Limerick, Brendan Leahy, this morning. So current priest income is 30,000 a year. But 26 of the 60 parishes in the diocese struggle to provide that. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of basic income. <clears throat> Obviously, priests pay their own electricity and all this. But the thing is that uh, that income, uh, with the declining numbers, of course, sometimes parishes can join together in providing the income so we can keep them going that way. But it's just to provide, I suppose, uh, again, another statistic for people to know. It's not that... Generally speaking, to be fair, I, I, priests don't normally complain much about their money, but it's good to know where we are in those in those terms as well. well they still need to eat, like everybody else, don't they? Mm. <laughs> That's just the reality. Um, and then, interestingly, mass attendance and the variation across the diocese. The largest is 882, and 42 is the smallest mass attendance. Yeah, I, we, we, we tried to work that out. Out now it wasn't a rocket science yeah. approach, but over three Sundays in March we took the average attendance, roughly speaking. Now I know people come on and off to mass, maybe twice a month or something like that. People do different traditions. I don't want to kind of say that's absolutely the way it is, but yes, they're the kind of numbers we're looking at. Right, um, uh, but I, I know you have pointed to what you feel is a very successful program, which is the safeguarding program. Safeguarding is something we've really worked a lot on in the past ten, fifteen years here in Limerick. Over a, th- a thousand people vetted through our offices every year and of course we have our safeguarding team that are all the time working away centrally but you know we have over a hundred people dead, directly dedicated to safeguarding in the parishes throughout the Limerick Diocese so it is really something that I want to be grateful for. Yeah, um, Bishop what emerged from the Limerick Synod a few years ago that became a practical um, impact? Well, one of the immediate impacts was the fact that we recognised as parishes we need not we need to work together, and so we organised organised the parishes into what are called pastoral units. So that might be three, four, five parishes working together, because we recognised maybe you might only have two priests, three priests now 
trying to manage those five, six parishes. But if we could get more of a mindset that there's one unit working together, then you can start into, and it's happened in some places, there's a common uh, website or there's a common newsletter. So that rather than every maybe some small parishes not being able to have a website or their own newsletter, they can benefit from the fact of pooling resources across parishes. So that's one specific area that we try to to, to work on, you know. And just because, as you know, it's something that parishioners will say from time to time and it'd be just interesting to hear your perspective on it. Oh, the bishop moved our priest and he was a lovely fella. Sure, that, and people always get very attached to their priest, and and I, I really appreciate that, and I know, but you know, sometimes perhaps a bit, little bit tongue in cheek. Sometimes if they're that good, we've got to share them. That's one side of it, but the other side of it is, I suppose, look, you know, generally speaking, priests know that they generally do maybe nine, ten years in a parish and move on, and it's good not just for the parish because they get a new face, a new name. They also. For the priest, it's good for him to begin again, maybe, and get new life, maybe, in a new way, in a new appointment. So it works both ways. And now with this new system we have, it's not just that you have one priest always in the same parish all the time. The idea is you should try and have a variety of priests ministering to you. So you get actually a variety of styles, which is no harm. Style of homily, style of looking at things, sense of humour, whatever. That's a good thing. And Bishop, I mean, you mentioned earlier about some investments and they're helping the diocese locally. But globally, the Roman Catholic Church is seen as vastly wealthy. Can you tap into any of that wealth? <laughs> well, not, number one, you know, there, there's a, I know because of the Vatican and all, there's people who say, oh gosh, the church is very, very rich. The Vatican, of course, is caught in the whole Italian state. It can do nothing much with, with its goods. But apart from the Vatican, the fact of the matter is that the Catholic Church actually is becoming a poor church in this sense, that the vast majority of the Catholic Church at this stage live in the southern hemisphere of the of, of of the planet. So in the southern hemisphere where, you know, South America, whatever, their economies aren't that strong, the church is actually the most numerous and has the most greatest needs at the moment. So in fact, it isn't as wealthy as we might think. Right. So where is the hope then? Where's the opportunity in Limerick? Well, I mean, personally, I think the opportunity is in the fact that we are at a time of change and we are at a time of transformation. Pope Francis has this phrase that I always like quoting. It's not just we're in an era of changes. And that, this is true for society, not just the church. It's not just that we're in an era of changes. We're in a change of era in other words, there's something really, really big happening and the church is in the middle of this. And I think, okay, just as if there's been huge transition moments in the life of the church in Ireland, look around, we know our history from the Vikings to the Reformation, what have you. The church has had always had to readapt and change and move into a new way. I believe we're in that kind of era now. So there's something new happening. Now, I can't see it immediately, maybe, and you would say, well, what... It's beginning to happen. And part of the beginning to happen is the fact that we're recognising, and this is the whole back to the synod issue, we need to be more together. We need to be working things out together as a community. It's no longer just that we belong to an organisation that's called the church and that we've got the priests who are the officers. That that way of looking at the church is changing. And this is what's happening. I think we're moving into a new arrangement of church. We'll be more community-centred, more lay-centred. And that's going to be significant. Can I ask you, is there a possibility, because as you know, the the um, headline debate is often around priest marrying and um, 
female priests. Is there a possibility that we'll end up with a church with actually no priests, that everything will be done by lay people? Well, we'll always need priests. I think that is absolutely the case, obviously, for the celebration of the Eucharist. But it is true to say that Pope Francis talks about this uh, more, what he calls a ministry church. We'll have all kinds of ministries. We've got so used to the fact that all service in the church is done by the priests, primarily. Whereas now we're beginning to realize, no, there's loads of ministries. And it's not just that somebody does the readings. or They could be preaching. Those lay people might be preaching or that you might have um, catechists teaching the faith. You might have people now looking after the First Communion children and the contact with the preparation for the sacrament so that you get loads of different people having ministries or services in the parish, not just the priest. And that's the kind of, I think, change that's beginning to happen. Will we have female priests in the Roman Catholic Church by 2040? Married priests? Look, no, no, female priests. The female, I don't know about the female priest. At the recent deacon we were, at the recent uh, synod we had in Rome, the issue uh, did come up about deacons, uh, women deacons. That opened up a very interesting discussion about what is deacon, this modern. It's only in recent years that we have again this whole ministry of diaconate. But it did open up as a question and the Pope has a commission on that, which is due to report. In fact, there was one of the requests from the synod that that commission report and give us its findings theologically and canon law and all the rest. So that is one possibility. But the fact of the matter is, I think women will have key roles. If you go in certain communities in in places like Africa, the key leaders of the small communities where there are no priests are women. And we will see that happening. And married priests? Married priests is also a possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. But you see, Look, with all these issues, we could have them, and that's true. But the fact is, if you look at other churches that have married priests, have women priests and all the rest, and leave those discussions for a moment, the fact of the matter is all the churches are facing the kind of changes I'm talking about because we're in an era of transformation. So these particular changes are not solutions to anything. Now, they may be valid in themselves, I accept that, but they're not solutions. And, and lay people will just have to get their heads around that if they want certain things at important points in their lives, they will have to increasingly be active members. Absolutely. I think that's the, that is the bottom line. And that to accept that this is going to be the way now is that lay people will themselves be doing ministry to each other, to each other. So you're going to have lay people leading funeral services, uh, you know, lay people leading baptismal teams. That That's going to be increasingly the case. Uh, can I ask you a philosophical question? I had a, um, an active current Catholic priest on the show over the last few weeks and we got into a back and forth around this. And I did ask that priest, if Jesus were around today, would he be a member of the current Roman Catholic Church? And the priest's answer was, he doubted it. <laughs> well, of course, I mean, I, I, I'm a person of faith. I do believe Jesus is around today and he is president of the Catholic Church. Well, so, of course, I, I, I take it in, in every, corporeal form. Every Sunday we meet him. We meet him at the Mass. We meet him in the community. We meet him in the Eucharist. That's my faith. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious point, you know, as if he was here in human form. You know, this is the mystery of the Catholic Church. Catholic Church is human 
divine. That's the mystery of it. It's human divine. It always has its fragility. It, as Cardinal Henry Newman used to put it, the church is always dying. The church is always rising. There's always fragility. There's always sinfulness. At the same time, there's holiness in the church. And we've all met people. There is great holiness in the church. People who, with their families, day by day, struggle to keep everything going and doing their best to give their lives for their children. They're working away. That's holiness. That's in the church too. All right. Well, I should say because I've been around the block a few times and certainly when I started in radio there is absolutely no way that A, I would have had the Bishop of Limerick sitting in front of me and B, prepared to engage in the kind of discussion that uh, we've had at the moment so that has to be progress it's really important to communicate <laughs> yeah. uh, I think uh, and uh, the journey of the Catholic Church as well and I do really appreciate your time Thanks very uh, much this morning. You're Thanks always welcome uh, That is the Catholic Bishop of Limerick Brendan Lee. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today. Limerick Today. Limerick Today with Joe Nash.